This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hey, kids, do you like professional wrestling? Oh, we like professional wrestling, too. This is Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins. He is Chris Novembrino. And Chris, for our uh, for our drivel up here at the top, I have found a new... This is a this is a grift. This is some carny stuff. This is pro wrestling. And the internet is full of these types of things. But this is my latest thing that I found on YouTube. Now, you and I have talked about, uh, about like, so-and-so hears this song for the first time does reaction video. Oh yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Of course. This, this one, this one though, I have, I have become fascinated with it because I didn't know it was a work at first. And then I, and then I got clued in. There are people who buy, if I told you what a coin pusher was, would you know what that was? Is that like a Bitcoin thing? Uh, not exactly. It, it, you see them in arcades it's that thing with the uh, the sliding yes, shelf. Sure. Coins yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Drop, I, yeah. And you drop coins on it, trying to trying to get the things in there. Well, um, the 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 made up, completely made up world of high stakes coin pushers, where these guys have bought a coin pusher and they've bought stuff from a casino supply store, and they pretend that they're in a casino. Like they have the audio running in the background and everything, and they're doing an entire bit of, oh, well, we'll see what they give us afterwards, or we'll see what they say if I can get this prize that's leaning up against the glass, blah, blah, blah. And they pretend they're playing for actual money. Like I paid $200,000 for five quarters. Let's see how we do today. <laughs> and I am fascinated by this, Chris. I don't know why. It was just what I, I spent last weekend on Saturday, I have this thing on for three hours watching these people do this stuff. And I'm just like, and then it's like, it's a ridiculous griff, but I'm just like, people are going to watch this stuff and believe it. And you look at the comments and people believe it. Oh man, that's such a great win for you, winning $10 million on a $300,000 buy-in. And you're just like, guys, there's nobody, or you can't hear anybody around him, you know, yelling congratulations or anything at him. You know it. And, and also the outcome's kind of irrelevant if the initial bet was really stupid you know what i mean like if you put um, if you played roulette and you put a million dollars like your entire life savings let's just say it's a million dollars right you just put it all on one individual number like 36 even if you hit on 36 it was still a stupid bet in the first place. It doesn't make the bet not stupid. Just because the outcome is good, it doesn't make the original idea dumb. Well, here's the here's the magic of one of these channels. Is it started out fairly low stakes. It's like, oh, okay, I have a $500 buy-in. They've given me 50 quarters. You know, let's see how we do. But, but like this week's, I think he now knows that most people know that it's uh, that it's a bit but some people still know it's like, well, one million dollar buy-in for five. <laughs> They've taken one of my children hostage and given me ten quarters. Let's see if I can free little Timmy. Yeah, and if, and if, the, and if the first one's, well, I'm gonna have to do another buy-in. We'll see how that. 
<laughs> so I'm just, and you know, they have these quarters or they have chips stacked up in piles that they can knock over. And there's like dollar bills in there and earbud cases that they say, oh, they'll give me a hundred bucks for this. And like Bitcoin drawing type things in there. I mean, it, it's, it's a hell of a carny grift because it's, it's made to look real, but then you realize it's the same machine every time and you go, huh, that's odd. I, I, and there's three different channels of this that I found. I'm like, there are three different people doing this same scam. And basically all it is, is it's, it's a YouTube scam to get people to subscribe. And then once you subscribe, you start making money from all the ads that you're playing on the channel. Right, right. Yeah. No, exactly. It's it's an engagement scam. Um, I fell how, into how, one of those. How this did we week. not come up with this? That's what I'm upset with. <laughs> I fell into one of these this week, uh, different arena on Twitter, where I I clicked on a thread thinking, like, because it basically prefaced, like, the thread was going to be about a subject, right? And then as I'm reading through, I'm like, you're never actually going to address it. Oh, my God. You just totally baited me into engaging your tweets. Like, it's, a, you, it's, an yeah. SEO, it's an SEO yeah. keyword yeah. type thing. Yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. Eff- effectively, you keyworded me into looking through your thread because I had to read four or five what tweets have, to like, realize. Lead, lead guitar and then it started talking about, you know, guitars were invented and blah, 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 blah. No. It, oh, it, it was I mean, it's about this internet celebrity person and it was supposed to be like this damning indictment on her. And I was like, oh, what what's the T on this person? and i'm looking through and it never actually cuts to the chase it's like it's going on for tweet after tweet after tweet without ever actually addressing (laughs) the problematic nature of this person or whatever i was like okay all right cool yeah i I see what you did here Uh, screw you (laughs) like i I clicked out of it (laughs) by the way kudos to you hatchet very popular reference in the voices of wrestling uh in the in the uh not the the discord on the shake them ropes channel Lots of all right so and I, i'm here i'm hearing positive things they want to keep me around they don't ever want me to host this show but they'll no. they'll keep me around well, for the references no no not not a chance not a chance in hell uh they, they, there'll be a pain. mutiny there'll be a mutiny uh the petition to joe lanza submitted that will be more heavily signed than that one that uh smart mark sterling was trying to circulate a couple of weeks ago for uh swerve scott please don't let chris host oh uh, yeah well getting to the news WWE discovered an additional $5 million in payments by Vince McMahon, one in 2007 and another in 2009. This makes $19.6 million in payments thus far discovered by McMahon to women who had worked both for the company as, as performers and employees. This was this was the kind of money that uh, shouldn't have been used for company funds, Chris, just to clarify that. Uh, Brandon Thurston, <laughs> this is a funny note to me, because I think I, I don't know whether or not this is something or not something, but I'll let you decide. This could be other one, but Brandon Thurston noted that the year in total payments of five million matched the donations to the Donald Trump Foundation that the company made in those specific years. While they were supposed to be charitable donations, Trump actually used the money to settle lawsuits. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I, I I mean, as the week sort of wear on. And this story continues to spiderweb and get bigger and bigger. Uh, I think it's been really underappreciated by the mainstream public, like just how horrible Vince McMahon is. Like, like I mean, it, he's not like a, I guess, a big news story or whatever. But like, it's it's pretty crazy to have a high profile CEO of like a major Wall Street traded 
company go down in such a massive, massive scandal like this. Well, uh, yeah, and at the same time, it's a CEO that none of the other business leaders care about all that much because they don't like the. I mean, it, it's going down in secret because nobody really cares about wrestling. Right. Uh, more on, more on this. The release also noted that other payments were made on behalf of another executive who is no longer with the company, John Laurinaitis, which is the confirmation that Laurinaitis is gone. The new payments were said to be unrelated to the allegations that led to the investigation. The company was going to release its, its that means there's more allegations. Yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's all that can mean, right? <laughs> The company was going to release its financial information for the quarter on, on August 9th, the date hinted, although the company had not publicly released that information because of the investigation. They did not give a date for their investors' call and second quarter financial results being released. Chris, <laughs> this is going to get worse because I get, I think the HBO Real Sports story is it, it's, in, it's in the 20s, whatever it is. It's August 20-something on there. Uh, this hasn't taken a hit on the stock just yet because, of course, you know, they're still profitable, all that other stuff. But, um, well, and also, I mean, increasingly as these stories stink for Vince McMahon, it's not as though investor sentiment is going to be like, oh, no, bring back the old man. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, bring back the old, not a chance in hell. Uh, I, I have been thinking about in the last week the bizarre, Freudian Titus O'Neil promo where Titus was sent out as the proxy for Vince McMahon there as is his final petition to all of us. Here's my here's another follow up question because I got this from uh, from a friend earlier this week um, and I'm kind of uh, stealing it but also uh, modifying it. Okay, it makes 19.6 million in payments thus far discovered. Over under that the final number is going to be 50. I was thinking over thirty million at the at the okay. end of it. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, I'm gonna say under bit, bit too far, might be man. might be a little high, but okay. I mean, no, I'm with you. Like one of the big problems here is it, this just keeps spider webbing. Um, that, that there's just more and more and more of this. I'm it in this sense, good on the company for kind of cutting bait when they when they did because like it's not like this is going to get better. I think that like maybe Vince was initially convincing people he could hang on, but I, I mean. I I just think that it's going to take a minute before we can fully process the awfulness of Vince McMahon. Um, that like let's let's not get stuck on the numbers. The numbers are actually sort of, in a way, in in an indication of his viciousness and his evilness. Mm-hmm. Um, like like that that the all the reason reason being that like all these payments are being done to cover up evil acts that he didn't want being public. Um. Sexual harassment acts, sexual misconduct acts. Um, I, I don't think I just don't I don't want that to get lost in the numbers here that like the story here is that Vince McMahon, like, you know, for all of his branding and marketing that he's an asshole. And if you think I'm an asshole, congratulations, I am an asshole. And like, I've never been cool <laughs> on a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't give a shit about being cool. Like putting that on it. These are all T-shirt slogans, by the way, people. Um, like, you know, like, I, I mean, this entire yes, these are brand, actual shirts that were in the WWE. Actual store. shirts that you could buy online. A Vince McMahon with his avatar on there. This is his brand. And at the end of the day, like, this wasn't a character. Like, uh, yeah, it was a character. But, like, this guy really is 
that bad. And it's not like, oh man, that's cool. It's like covering no, up like- the Ring Boy scandal was bad. The Nancy Argentino, uh, the payoff to get Ico Pro. I, I mean, you 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 can go Ico, on. I, you're putting Ico Pro with covering up murder. Okay. Uh, you know, I I mean, look, <laughs> a, a lot of people would would look at those two things more. <laughs> I can't murdered my time. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Hawkins, you know what? My moral planning there might have been miscalculated. I'm think I'm reconsidering that one position of mine. Chris Novembrito goes into what about ism? Yeah. Well, what about Ico pro? What about Ico pro? Oh, you know, no one ever, everyone wants to talk about this murder, but no one wants to talk about Ico pro. No one wants to talk about the blight on humanity. That was Ico pro. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of uneasiness within the NXT UK crew. The next two sets of television tapings were canceled on August 9th. Reason given was at BT Sports Studios, where they tape had to be used for football slash soccer, depending on where you live. That's what it's called, coverage. But I call it can, football. I call yeah. it the footy. But as you can imagine with the talent, how the reaction is, given you could tape somewhere else and shutting down tapings is never a good sign. Nobody has really been told anything. Now, there is also a rumor that Gallus is being brought over to NXT proper to do a run. Uh, it would not shock me if, uh, if they just, look, as much as Triple H had his dreams of world domination, it never got off the ground past NXT UK. No, no. And at this point, they need to resettle into making NXT good. Um, anything, you know who this NXT women's division could use? I was about to say, Mako Satamura would be baby. would be clutch, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as a trainer coach, uh, I mean, she's the perfect trainer for the women's division uh, it, it, down in NXT. Uh, yeah. it, it, you get JC Jane... Having a program with Mako would help JC just put the finishing polish on what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a number of people who could go to the Mako Satamora finishing school and and really be polished at the end of it. I, I agree. I, yeah, and I, I like a lot of that crew. I do like a lot of that NXT UK crew. Um, yeah. Hey, the Wild Boar Mike Hitchman, come on over to the states, baby. <laughs> I'm here for that. Push him. Yeah. Push him. Let's push the boar. Let's, pu- let's push the boar. Push the boar. <laughs> uh, a little bit of sad news. Guy who lives about a mile and a half away from me. Jean- Judo Jean LaBelle passes away at the age of, I believe, 89. Uh, Jean LaBelle is pure pro wrestling. I don't know. I don't know if 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 Gene LaBelle rings a rings a bell with you, Chris. Yeah, no. I, the he's name? the man who made Steven Seagal shit his pants. Yes, yes, that is correct. That is that is one of the stories. Is that on the. Uh, on one of the movies, Gene LaBelle was working in stunts, and uh, and Seagal says, "I, you know, I heard heard you can, you know, take people on, old man. You won't be able to do that to me." LaBelle chokes him out. Apparently, bowel control was lost, but it's never talked about. Um, very famous. Stunt it's been man. talked about enough time. It's been talked about enough times. Like you can find people. Like it's. It's been around as a story for long enough that, like, and I think LaBelle himself has told it that, like, yeah, I, I mean, LaBelle's I, a total worker, too. I mean, if you ever listen to interviews with him, total work, total, I mean, loves to tell the tall tales, loves, you know, back when I was in Hollywood type of stuff. Um, but, but, yeah, on, on the flip of this, speaking of workers, like, you're, you're talking about, like, fascinating, like, 
fixed and rigged work stuff. I am absolutely mystified by Steven Seagal's like worked martial arts <laughs> exhibitions for the, like the last any anytime the last 15 years, United States, Russia, wherever the hell he is, like his uh, the the completely like sub pro wrestling like pro wrestling bumping is a thousand times more convincing than like the way some of these judo guys bump for steven seagal like in these exhibitions he'll like stick his arm out and people will like be like corkscrewing uh you know was doing judo his mom i think ran the olympic auditorium for a while she was a she was a boxing promoter of some kind women's boxing promoter but uh you know went into stunts uh was working stunts for a long long time he actually worked on a movie i was on which he did stunts for liar liar and i was in the production office during that time but uh yeah and other things he did that that are just fascinating he is the uh he, he is the basis of the brad pitt character in once upon a time in hollywood because i believe he is the subject of the of the uh story of of the fight with bruce lee or at least the scrap with bruce lee in the back uh Possibly related to a, he possibly had was an accomplice to a murder at one point. I found that fascinating. Between th- three business partners who had a falling out, he was, uh, he was uh, found not guilty, I believe. Uh, also, uh, he really made Ronda Rousey the Ronda Rousey quote unquote character in the UFC. I don't know if you ever got to see Ronda's early run in UFC, but there's Judo Gene with a stopwatch as like under two minutes, under a minute and a half, whatever doing the time for when Ronda can slap on the arm bar and tap out somebody absolutely helped make Ronda Rousey who she was in UFC as the quote unquote baddest woman alive. Look, R- Ronda's talent and everything well known at that time, but judo Jean with the stopwatch put an extra layer to it that made her a character that made her worth watching. Yeah. I mean, look, Gene LaBelle. No, I I don't, I don't have anything to add to okay. this. Like he, no, he's like, a, I, I, he's I a legend. Should have used him. Yeah. He's a legend in grappling. He just yes. did. I, yeah. I, I mean, Daniel Bryan does the LaBelle lock, uh, you know, like he, he's definitely a name. I was shocked to find he was the, he was the basis for the Brad Pitt character that, that, that I was like, wow, I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, to cash uh, now for, uh, for comings and goings and, hurtings and other things to has left the United States after his four month excursion. Say it's pretty damn good excursion. He had, uh, I, I would assume he will be back full time, hopefully for AEW at some point, if he does not get a big money deal in, in his home place. But I mean, he worked everywhere. He worked defy, he worked PWG. He worked, uh, GCW. He worked every large and indie in the United States, usually towards the top of the card, if not a title match. And then in the AEW, he had a murderer's row of matches with Adam Page, uh, 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 of course Cesaro on Battle of the Belts. Did he have? Uh, did he? He ha- had oh, Moxley. Adam Cole, Adam Cole, and Moxley. Yeah, I mean, dude. I mean, and, and every one of those matches, he was taken care of. Yes. Yeah. He. They. Everyone. After the star page, made him. After the page match, he he was very well taken care of. I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, like they're all about star making performances for him. Well, this might go into a little lazy river territory, but what the heck? Uh, WWE 
has decided to bring back the crew from a year and a half ago, it would appear. Last week's SmackDown, Karrion Cross and Scarlet make an appearance at the end of SmackDown. Dexter Loomis making an appearance at the end of Raw this week in Cleveland. Max Dupree back with uh, male, was it Maximum Models International or what? what what's the name of that? stable do you happen to know off the top of your i head? don't know oh yeah no i want to say maximum maximum male models i think that's what it is and uh and as we were going to uh to air i turn on smackdown and ashanti the adonis top dollar b fab hit row back on smackdown ah uh, fascinating Interesting. No. Okay. So without Swerve, the the big question mark to me is who is going to be the mouth and the worker of this? And it's going to have to be Ashanti. In order for Hit Row minus them to work, I I know they they look at Top Dollar as the guy, but like Top Dollar was sort of like a... He couldn't work very well. He couldn't work very well. Right. Yeah. Maybe he's been... B-Fab is clumsy in the ring. I mean, and I don't think she's... I don't... I don't... I think she might have done an indie wall out, but I haven't heard of her being booked anywhere. I know that Ashanti the Adonis did some shows. No, Ashanti's good. Uh, no, yeah, he's he, great. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, he's good. so he's no. It's I, so to me like, look, can Hit Row still work without Swerve? The answer is yes, but and the but is if you run this act through Ashanti and make him the centerpiece and top dollars is heavy and B fabs, you know, like the, the sidekick piece. Um, Cause maybe she, if she's better at working, she'd be uh, uh, good as in, in the women's division. But like, I still have nightmares of that match against uh, Electra Lopez. I, I, that was mm-hmm. such a bad match. Yeah. I, uh, I'm of the opinion that hit row. I don't know if Ashanti can carry the act. That's my fear. And I don't know if Top Dollar can carry the act necessarily either. And then go. What I mean, theoretically, though, those two guys together might be able to find a synergy. That's it might. It might. No, might. But but here's the other thing. They do have options if they wanted to do it this way. And I know that everybody could be like, oh, you're just putting all the black people together in a stable. You could always add someone else in there, though, too. You could add Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams to this act. That would help. You could add whichever one of the street profits you're going to turn heel and make them the leader of this act. Um, you 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 could do an off the wall, off the board choice if you wanted to for comedy's sake, but it would kill it would kill the act, but it would still get over like a comedy. You know, who who'd be the most least likely to be in 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 hit row? Like Sammy Zayn. You know? Yeah, it, Kevin Zane. Owens is part of hit row. <laughs> no, no, no. Zayn's character in particular, as complete, because like, he's completely delusional, sort of the character. Right. Um, Zayn thinking that he's a good rapper and that he like wants to drop like a rap single about like the rottenness of the establishment of WWE or something like that. Like, like uh, that. Oh, that I got it. Fun. I got. I got who it is because they just killed his character off on Monday. It's gonna be the next Elias character oh elrod elrod's a rapper rod's a rapper l because it's l as in l hyphen rod (laughs) 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 here's here's our new lead vocalist l ron (laughs) hello my name is Elrod. My name is Elrod. <laughs> and I'm here to say <laughs> it's it's Elias style beastie boy cadence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> monotonous. My name is Elrod, and I'm here to say. 
I come to train in WWE every day. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, in AEW, Penelope Ford back in action in the AEW dark tapings. Uh, I like Penelope Ford. I think she has a lot of potential in terms of being that mid-card heel that's just solid. Um, yes, I I. I'm in that kind of car, in that yep. Carmella vein, kind of, I think I I I, I don't think she's ever going to be main event, but I think she's solid on that as a gatekeeper, and I really she's like so her yeah, life. she's like super solid. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. with you. It's like I I I feel weird saying that she's like this. I don't see I don't see the ceiling as high as you know, like yeah, it is other main people event did because of her athleticism. And yeah, I mean, and she's got the- her, she was amazing, and it's like okay, now that she's learning to now that she's kind of becoming a ring general type of thing i i mean but she's a you know what though i i will I, i'm actually gonna tap the brakes on myself here because it's okay. like that you know the name that comes to mind is serena deep where like a little bit yeah 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 where, where it's you could totally see penelope ford five six years from now really put it all together still have the athleticism uh, or a lot of the athleticism and also have the ring iq um and she's got the, you know, she's got the act or whatever. She's got the look and the charisma thing going. Um, and she, you know, she got stronger on the promo side too. That would be the biggest plus. But like, I, I guess there's still room for her to grow too. So uh, yeah, no, I, I'd like to see her get more burn. Well, now that they've they've basically said Kip Sabian's the guy under the uh, box slash paper bag. That's been <laughs> could believe they just did that at a random, random throwaway line. I th- was it Rampage last week or was it Dynamite? I can't remember, but. It's like, oh, and Kip Sabian's been falling around pack at these shows. I'm like, dude, you built this guy up for almost six months, maybe longer, as a guy in the audience wearing this box or wearing the wearing the bag, and you just you just go out of the way and go, oh, that's Kip Sabian. Uh, it makes you wonder if they even knew who the guy under the bag was going to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like if, if they, it, I mean. I I've not done this, but like, have they really been sending out Sabian for six months or have they just been sending out a placeholder body that looks like, you know, a medium sized guy who could be a wrestler. Yeah. Injury news in AEW, Matt Menard uh, coming out saying that during blood and guts, he suffered a torn labrum and torn rotator cuff, but he's still doing run-ins. It's still going to be on TV. I think, uh, I think that's, he's not going to get surgery. He's just going to wait for it to heal up. Uh, worst news though is in the AEW women's division as Chris Statlander will be undergoing knee surgery. Uh, this time the right knee, which is was the good knee that she had, those were injured during it during an uh, during an August fifth match with Sierra in Grand Rapids, and it gave out as she delivered a high kick. So, uh, yeah, Statlander, I thought they had pegged her to take the title from Jade. So this makes things very very interesting. Sure, sure. Uh, it it sure does. Because um, I think they continue the streak. In its oh, okay, you you say she beats Storm, and that like leads to tension between Tony and Thunder. Well, well no, but I mean the the TBS title, the the Jade Cargill title, is now probably just going to be streak, 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 streak until they figure out who the heck they want to put this off on. Yeah, I, I mean, no, they 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 very well might, you know, make her Jade Berg. Ratings interesting. WWE Raw having another great week, winning the week on cable. 1,956,000 viewers with a 0.54 in the demo. Hour three outperforming out one. Hour one, which was interesting in some ways. AEW Dynamite, strong week in its own right. 972,000, 0.33 in the demo. NXT, 597,000 viewers, 0.13 in the demo. 
Battle of the Belts last week, 0.12, 437 viewers. SmackDown, 2,093,000, 0.49. And Rampage, 468,000 viewers on TNT last week, 0.15. Anything stand out to you there? Uh, Rampage just continuing to have not great that's numbers. That's a pretty good number for Rampage, though, 468. That's, I, which is still, I mean, that's good for them, but that's, those aren't, still aren't good. I don't know. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chris, if I asked you what was the uh, what was the top video that people watched from Raw on Monday, what would you say it was? Because it was far and away the top video on Raw. Okay, let me look at what happened on Raw right quick here, and just make sure that I I know what's up. It's not going to be Dexter Loomis's return. I know that much. Um, You're actually wrong. We can end it there. Oh, am I? It is Dexter Loomis's return. It almost doubled everybody else. Oh my God! Really? It got over a million views on YouTube. I don't understand anything. One million seventy-three thousand five hundred fifteen. The next biggest was Bobby Lashley versus Champa, five hundred twenty-four thousand. I just don't get that. You have a Rey Mysterio segment on this. Oh, you can get into Mysterio, uh, Mysterio Science Theater three thousand if you want on the Lazy River. Because it is that time, the lazy river of wrestling criticism, anything we watched, anything that comes to mind, anything you wish to talk about, we can do it right here. In the uh, in the mix this week is SmackDown and Rampage from last week. Also, Battle of the Belts, if you wanted to talk about that, since that was after our show that we recorded. Chris, I will let you take the first crack at this. Um, okay. So I, my, I guess my first thing is I, I want to throw down some, uh, positive vibes. I, I know I slag every Rey Mysterio promo ever, but I really enjoyed this Rey Mysterio and Finn Balor match. Oh yeah. I know, I know it was long, but like I, it was enjoyable. Ray had his working boots on. It had a nice pace to it. Uh, it, it, it was a really solid match. Uh, you know, I, I yes, I I will forever rag on Rey Mysterio's promo style. It's funny. It's just funny. It's like it's really it's like I, it's like, I actually said something and now I can't unhear it every time. Like how Ray and Dominic have just met for the first time and they always talk <laughs> to each other like that. And it's just it's 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 terrible. <laughs> it's almost the other half of the Bucks and 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 Paige doing their 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 promos in the oh the, the, uh, yeah they're a soap opera yeah, yeah 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 Matt Matt like learned acting from watching the Days of Our Lives <laughs> uh it, 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 he thinks that that's like solid human acting no I really enjoyed the Bauer and and uh, Mysterio match it was sort of everything it needed to be uh it even you knew where the finish was gonna go it was a TV match but like it was just like really a spirited performance so that's my interesting matches like that this week because that Ciampa Lashley match was better than it had any right to be yeah I I totally agree yeah really liked that Um, I love his promo too yeah oh the Harley race one yeah yeah that was really good I I really like yeah Ciampa had a week and uh and it was rumored that they're gonna make him look strong even if they didn't give him the title and I think I think it worked I mean I think it, it makes up for you know Vince would just go look how small he is you know that kind of thing and you know in this day and age, camera tricks can can really help sometimes. Uh, Kevin Dunn, I I'm gonna I'm also gonna praise some stuff in the WWE that I found. Uh, they are making interesting choices, like like staging wise too. Because during Raw, the entire through line 
while things were going on where things were going on in the background that nobody knew what the heck was going on. Like, I think Miz was cutting a promo back in the garage area and Nikki the car Cross thing. And, yeah. And, and Dewdrop were staring at a car accident. Someone else was talking, a bunch of security guards go running by. They're really kind of staging it like it's its own world. And that was cool. And they did something on SmackDown tonight before we started recording that was interesting in that they had they had Cross and Scarlet cutting a promo. And well, unfortunately, Cross only looked at the camera once. He was doing he was kind of getting into Alistair Black territory in terms of the promo content, and Scarlet's just, you know seducing all of us by staring directly into our eyes which you know i i appreciate I, I want people to stare in the camera that's all i want but then he he ends the promo and he's and he's looking and he's kind of sneaking off camera to the stage left and he looks around the corner and there's drew mcintyre getting ready to go out for his match and, and his and drew mcintyre's music hits and it's like all right that's kind of cool i mean they're doing some interesting scene work and i i find you know if they can continue to do that i don't want it to overwhelm the viewers like i don't i mean i'd love for an angle to be you know like six weeks of easter eggs that 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 you go that when it happens you realize oh that's what was going on but they've never done that well but i'm i'm here for them making interesting choices in the short term at least yeah i mean i get you know not to sound like canny, but there is just like this vibe that I have right now of <laughs> let's see how this let's plays. Let's see how it plays out. No, uh, but in a completely different way. Like yes. like before that, like before when when Kenny is saying that, he is saying that hoping that Vince McMahon, uh, a person we discussed earlier, is just like rotten as hell, um, was gonna somehow like turn the corner and change his narrative sensibilities and like you know like like adjust in a way that just never made any sense whatsoever. In this case, we know that there are different people and um, we know that there are new faces and people in control here and new talent is being showcased. And right now, tentatively, a lot of things seem really positive. Uh, we, we are seeing Kevin Owens sort of reset into this yes. prize fighter sort of Kevin good. Owens iteration. Um, then we have Tommaso Ciampa clearly getting a lot of showcase and burn here. Um Look, carrying cross, I am less optimistic about. I, I I've just never been impressed with the dude. I Adam Cole's promo against carrying cross still burns in my brain every time I see this guy, as does the time that I saw him basically like get completely outclassed by Jeff Hardy, of all people, um, live in Dallas. Uh and but but you like look at that, you look at Hit Row, you it you look at the way that these matches are being worked on TV too. Like the, I mean, Dana Brooke and Tamina having a very sort of different style of match than they would have like two years ago um, against uh, the, the Dakota Kai and EO sky tag team. I, I do feel like things are changing slowly and that like we are evolving to a different style uh, i am with you i i will believe that this company is doing easter egg and slow seated storylines when i see it but for the first time in a long time especially with these backstage vignettes it seems as though it is possible 
that we might be in a world where you are rewarded for being for paying attention and we might be in a world where things that happened last week actually matter next week um and that little plot beats from two weeks ago like hey remember that car accident will actually be paid off and rewarded and make you feel smart um for paying attention and, and following those threads and caring about those things um, I mean, you know, even like I guess my last point of where where I do see a sense of difference or I feel a sense of difference is just the way commentary has yeah. been. Yeah. I mean, across the board, every single show, um, whether it's Vic and Wade or, or the raw commentary team or, or Cole and Graves, I, I still like a line that will really define this era for me is when Cole said to Graves, I liked you better when they told you to shut the hell up uh, <laughs> from from the pay per view. Yeah, yeah, like, like I, I, I mean, it, like it really does. It speaks to this idea that things have changed. Like, like and it's not going to be like you know, it's everything we want it to be now or whatever. But like, it is a different era, and we are we are slowly moving and, to something and else. God forbid it makes Pat McAfee more of a wild card. Because he's just going to say whatever he thinks because he has FU money and he can walk anytime. I, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Although, ironically, now with less of an authority figure to push against, like, you know, McAfee's the classic kid who needs yeah. the strong teacher to actually be able to be like his best, right? When you have the teachers, like, oh, okay, whatever. It annoys a guy like McAfee because he can't really, like, you know, well, I'm sticking it to the man. No, you're not. Uh, you know, whatever. Okay, <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm a little worried about the choices of people, but I understand why. Like, I, I... hey, man, I, I mean, look, I'm looking at uh, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop, and I'm seeing some improvements. Like, like I, I like the idea that like these people are going to have a little bit more say over what they're doing. Well, I'm actually going to go into that in my next point, but I was just saying, you know, like like Karen Cross and Hit Row and Dexter Loomis, and I think I think Loomis gets over. I don't think Loomis can wrestle as great i mean i think i think loomis's reputation as a wrestler is far he's perfect for their company though fine i i think i think he's been slagged a bit by and no offense to uncle dave i like uncle dave but dave dave came out and goes, he's terrible and everybody just assumed he was terrible at least in our circle of friends he's not great he can punch and kick he can do suplexes. He's fucking. Oh, he, he's, he's got that over. He's got that over the rope flip too. And he, I, I, he yeah. works. He works like the character he is, and that yes. will make him better. And I think. I think. I think he'll be fine. I, I'm interested to see if the entire way comes back. I think Gargano. I was expecting him a little bit, but I think he's kind of. Uh, he's kind of kind of wait and see and take the money when it comes. But I could see. I could see Loomis and Austin Theory getting back together in some way, and that'd be kind of interesting. But yes, it's interesting. And in that note, I'll go with my next one that that I'll do. Uh, also of interest is the entire tonal shift to the women's division on both of these shows, where Bailey and her crew are opening this show. You know, the women are getting a lot more time. They're getting a lot more things. They brought back the tag titles in a tournament. Hints of Naomi and Sasha possibly coming back to face the winners of these tournaments. Um, but yeah. And, and when you juxtapose that with the other women's division, it's definitely a plus in their cap. I think to have a very top heavy women's division that can, that can go and, and can interest people. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's a positive sign that at least ratings don't tank when the women are on 
in WWE. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I, I think the presentation of the women has already kind of felt just stronger. Uh, with, with one exception, Liv Morgan. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> yes. How do you kill a baby face in one booking? Yeah, do what they did at SummerSlam. That's the one match we didn't go over in SummerSlam in our in our in our lazy river that time was was when she tapped that two on the three count. And then they come out and she's getting you tapped out chance. And she has to try to like promo and over that and, and I, No, it's God love her. She really did the all that you could. Um, but like she was basically putting this impossible finish in order to how do you save face coming out of this? You did, you tapped out. The tap uh, had to come at three. It couldn't have come at two. It had to come at no, three. No, right, yeah, or, or after three. Uh, like, actually, I, I mean, I yeah, like, it, it needed to actually be after the count. Like, she hold on, she held on just long enough. Um, but in this case, you create this weird schmozzy finish. Now the crowd is weirdly and ironically on Ronda's side. Uh, you know, like, weirdly, this has been the first time. It's just the way they baby faced her after being completely unlikable for all these years. They they baby faced her by turning her heel, like, during the, like, uh, because, I mean, the problem with that finish, right, is that after, after the match, she's pissed off. Okay, but she has a reason to be. She felt the tap. She was wrong. In her mind, the referee officiated the match incorrectly. That the the referee, I mean, she could even go further in her mind and go, the referee was biased against me, that they were count. I clearly had a submission on, but the referee elected to count a pinfall instead of spotting the submission. Uh, like, like, in her mind, she is absolutely justified to be outraged. Um, and we're still in the fans' mind. She is also absolutely justified to be outraged. Um, and Liv Morgan, on the other hand, what like does she have to stand on? She got <laughs> bailed out. She got bailed out. Who cheers for the, a baby face? This is can- why you have these champions do strong wins to win the title. Because now it's she's she's she did a a, a roll up on the money in the bank cash in, and now she's got a a, a two count. T- t- yeah, yeah. That I mean, we're still. I mean, if you really want to get into it, that Ronda handled gracefully at the time. Like, yes. like the, yeah, the first time Ronda got sucked out, uh, Ronda was like, okay, whatever, that's sports, so it goes. The second time, now she's outraged. All right, Chris, you're up next. Okay. Um, let us talk a little bit, I suppose, about Quake at the Lake here. Okay. Uh, eh, let's let's get my Quake at the Lake results here. If you want to listen to my granule granular reviews, uh Dynamite Show, Fight Game Media, five bucks on the Patreon. We go up Wednesday night. I want to hear Chris's thoughts mostly because I always already got mine out. I was not. Well, well, well I'm gonna vamp while you look. Uh, oh no! I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready oh, to rock. Ready to I'm ready go to rock. I'm ready no, to rock. Please, please. Okay, so here, here's my thought as I'm watching this show, and maybe I'm just becoming boring in my old age, Jeffrey. But okay. uh, when Darby Allen and Brody King started gushing blood immediately <laughs> for. 
I, I am aware for a certain subset of the audience that's like, hell yeah, let's do this. Blood everywhere. That's awesome. Marketing Chris kicks in and goes, dope. So you were just like your family. You were just watching something else. Kids are like, eh, let's watch wrestling this week. Uh, and like, you're like, okay, whatever, we'll watch wrestling. You turn it on and immediately these two skull dudes are bleeding all over the place. Like, is your wife going to let you keep this on with the kids? Mm, probably not it wasn't uh, earned it uh, was yeah no i really well i mean dude there's so much blood on this show and it, like yes it's not earned it doesn't even gross me out i i to me it it has it feels like a, a spamming thing and by spamming it's like when i watch like a guitar player like when i'm working um and all they have is one guitar trick, and that's what they do for every solo. Like, they're, they're the Eddie Van Halen guy, and all they know is taps. And they're just going back to the taps. And it's not that there's not something impressive about being able to do Eddie Van Halen taps. It's not that there's not something slightly badass about, you know, getting bloody and messed up or whatever. But the more you do it, the less impressive it gets. And if everyone's doing it, see the 1980s with tap solos, then it's really not that special at all. And this is sort of my thought on like the level of blood on this show. Like if everyone's bleeding, then it doesn't like, it doesn't make any matter. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. I know. I agree with, I I want, I, I don't mind blood in a street fight or anything like that. I just don't want it to be right off the bat necessarily. All I'm, all I was thinking was, I, I forget if it was Starcade '85 or '84, but there was a uh, inappropriately named Mexican death match, which was uh, you have to t- take a sombrero off of a pole between Manny Fernandez and Abdul the Butcher. You know, Jeffrey, I don't actually think the name is the problem here no, so much not. as it's the not. hat. It's not. It's not. It's the hat. Uh, but. Abdul the Butcher was bleeding within 10 seconds of that match starting, you know, because it was just like his forehead was so, and it just, it was just from there, as opposed to building up to the point where the blood was going to start flowing. And now, you know, you're in the middle of a fight. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I, I just, I found, 
it was a hot opener. Don't get me wrong. I, I right. The you know that's the that's the weird thing. It's just like especially if this is like the main event or whatever. You had like a slightly longer version of this as the main event. That Brody bouncing into the coffin spot was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was wonderfully executed. Sting coming out of the coffin. Of course, that's where he's going to come from. But it was still fun. Uh, Sting's great. Uh, but. And like I, I like I think Brody and Darby have just like great chemistry together. I love watching these two. I love work. watching Brody just throw him around like a red yeah. Head. I know it's great. No, like and, it, and, it, and and what they did with this one was great. The staging of all of Darby's just flying through and coming coming to attack him were great. But at the same time, no, I don't want to bury the lead that I I don't want to like bury the thought that I actually really enjoyed this yeah. match. It's just my top line thought watching this show is. Jeez Louise, there's a lot of blood on here. And it's like, it's just stupid blood. And it's, it's blood for blood's sake. Blood for blood. Yeah, no, I know. Like, like it's it's like the 90s when everything had a chair shot in it or something. Or a like a kendo stick or, yeah. or a light tube. I mean, that that's what, I mean, it's almost like, I mean, that's, a t- that's close to a top line for me. Mine is tangential to that. I just think a, a wrestling television show needs a certain pace and i think they wore themselves out with these first two matches and then it just it, it, they lost the adrenaline it's like a fighter who comes out and starts swinging for that first round knockout and doesn't get it and then has to rest the next three rounds and you're waiting to see if he can come back and get it get energy back in the last round to hopefully take it that's what that's what this was for me i i just was like Okay, you had two hot. I mean, because they they just want to burn. They want to burn the wrestling matches. They want they want a hot, and they had a hot hot crowd. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they didn't do an enjoyable show for the audience. I know it's really weird, right? Because like the audience is really into it, but for me at this point, the Lucha Brothers matches are all the same match. Yes, what was built out of this match, other than the Punk Moxley thing, which was fairly well done, I thought. But at the same time, we're four weeks out of their next big pay per view. And I'll, okay, I'll get into the Lucha Brother thing. How many times do we have to see Penta's mask get tied in the damn ropes before he figures out he shouldn't wear that mask? Right at a certain point, he's the idiot, right? Like yes. at, at a certain at a certain point, you can't go, "Oh, these Rudos have no honor." Duh, like <laughs> duh. <laughs> They've been taking off Penta's mask every week, unless unless we're leading to a demasking. Which would be interesting, but at the same time, not because it's like, well, they've just been taking off their masks every damn week, right? <laughs> Even if he, right, if you did a mask versus, like, if you did a thing where his mask was on the line and he lost his mask, it wouldn't feel like this terrible tragedy. It wouldn't feel like something was stolen from him because his, his mask has been coming off on a regular basis to the point where they're losing <laughs> matches. It's like, eventually, fish says, "Hey, look, man." I got a mortgage to pay. <laughs> You're blowing it out there. Get a different mask. You don't. My favorite moment in that, in that match was it was towards the end. And I guess Andrade was supposed to get him in that uh, basically kind of like the, the, the scorpion death drop move. But but Phoenix was just leaning back and Andrade's kind of selling in the turnbuckle. <laughs> Phoenix is basically yelling at him in the corner. Hey, come grab me because I'm bent over for your move right now. <laughs> This match was rough. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. I think Roosh is 
Roosh is, is the standout. Fantastic. Yeah, right. He, I, out of all these guys, Roosh has been sort of the standout for me lately. I, Andrade, when he's Andrade's do- lost a step, and I don't know why. Right. I mean, when, I, when I Andrade's why, but. I, I, yeah, I, all I can do is guess. But yeah, uh, like no, like and the Andrade when he's nothing. good is good, and and the Lucha Bros are just sort of autopiloting. They've, well, okay, getting into this because I'll get into my point now. My another overarching point I had was they wrestling exists in a certain world and you have to be able to there's a lot of Stanford adjacent stuff that AEW does at from time to time but what they've really been doing now is killing moves like in this Lucha Brothers match you had a Canadian destroyer on the apron the commentary literally says I guess Andrade's been knocked out of this match and 15 seconds later, he gets up and pushes Ray Phoenix off the ropes. John Moxley in the main event stayed in the walls of Jericho for four and a half minutes. Now, look, I can get the story of, oh, he's in the Blackpool Combat Club. And they've been training him to be able to take pain for a long amount of time. I was able to kind of poo-poo it a little bit when they said just turn your neck on a pile driver. But you're in you're in this move for four minutes where most people tap out in like 30 seconds. A minute, I'm good with. Two minutes, I'm good with. The entire commercial break, I saw people calling this awesome. And I said no, because I'm like, okay, John Moxley is too strong of a character now. Yeah, no, he should, especially when he's he doesn't Hogan. come. He's Hogan pretty much now. When he doesn't come out selling that his back is basically broken for the rest of the match, it's and, a and, huge and, problem. And you, please you, don't come in with, oh, he was selling. He did the, oh, my, he did the, oh, my arm, Rodney Dangerfield from Caddyshack. Right, no, I, I, there's no, I, I mean, people really think about what the appropriate level of selling is supposed to be after spending four and a half minutes in the Lion Tamer. Yeah, I just I uh, for me that took me out of the match. And and I know a lot of no, people No, I'm like with it. I I am with you. I I, I, I I understand people's love of it and oh Jeff, you're just an old fuddy. I mean, I, I felt like I was becoming Jim Cornette watching this AEW show this week and I didn't want to be, but I was also in pain at the time, so whatever. I, look, no, I, I mean like look, I I'll, I mean I'm typically I don't care for Jericho as a human, but like I will say as a wrestler during this match, it felt like he was really trying to do stuff truthful to that era of his style of match, yeah. which I appreciated. And like he was working. I mean, I, the I like the promo failed. The promo absolutely failed. Yes. It was a babyface promo, but yeah. Well, I mean that, that to me, it, to a certain extent, that was the problem with this match, too, is that like once you send him out there as the lion heart you're appealing to nostalgia. You're like basically setting up a number of seeds that are all babyface seeds. Like like, yeah. you know, uh, the old guy trying to do it one more time. The old guy paying homage to his past. The old guy paying homage to a dead legend. Uh, like, like, like going. I mean, there's just all these things that effectively were babyface storylines for Jericho here, and nowhere near enough Jericho Appreciation Society reminders during the match. I'm not saying you needed like lots of run-ins or whatever, but like I think you needed like him to sort of like sports entertain and remind people that like, no, he's a dick. You don't actually want him to be champion. Yes. 
yeah, I think sports entertainment was was a good phrase. It's your turn, sir. Um. Okay. Uh. Like no. So I want to build off your point on the middle of this show here because like it really did sort of struggle in the middle here. Like the Luchasaurus versus Anthony Henry thing was like a nothing moment. Ricky Starks versus Aaron Solo, super nothing. Um, Jade Cargill versus Madison Rain, super nothing. Like, like there's just like nothing to really talk about with any of those. No, but I mean, I, I can give little moments that I liked if, if we don't want to just cranky bitch about it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to like cranky bitch about it. I'm just no. like, no, like none of these matches, right. they, they're they all didn't... skippable. And when you're talking about how it, it opens strong and then you're like, it was like going for a knockout from the start. And then like we had the Lucha brothers thing. Like, okay. And then it's like, Oh, Anthony, Agogo, go, go. Okay. Or uh, Anthony, you know, like Anthony Henry and Anthony Aaron solo. And I was, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I crossed my wires. Um, like, no, like like these are just like sort of like nothing matches. Yeah. Um yeah. And they and, and didn't really build angles out of it per se. I mean, I liked uh I, I, I really enjoyed the staging. I thought with of, of the jungle boy running back after Christian because they made him look smart. He goes, he takes a look up at the Titan Tron, he looks at the background, he goes, Okay, where is he recording this? He goes running back. And the staging of this just flying in with the security running in, I thought was actually quite, quite good. I, that was possibly my favorite shot of the night in terms of just camera work and things like that was just Jungle Boy flying in like a bat out of hell on Christian and Christian getting out of there. And of course, Lucha beats up the security, doesn't lay a hand on Christian. I still think he's a heel. I still think he's a heel too. I, 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 I just, I don't. I mean, the one thing that was a problem for me is, you know, on commentary, like it, Jack still doesn't really have an explanation for Luchasaurus. So he was just keeping him warm for me. Just keeping him warm for me. Keeping him safe so I could kick his ass. The war of extra talented uh, di- didn't wasn't much. But let's, uh, l- as, as Shake Them Ropes connoisseurs and people who like the little things, l- let's give some praise here to QT Marshall. QT Marshall is fantastic in whatever he does. If it, if it's a squash match, if it's whatever, this match afterwards, Ricky Starks sees. Oh, and we'll get we'll get into the other part of the of 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 uh, what's the name of their stable? The uh, the factory. The factory. Because I want to talk about something in that, and I didn't have it on my rundown, but I do want to go back to it. But when Ricky Starks bolts for the uh, for the stand and jumps over the barricade, QT does the one of the best bumbling heels over a barricade move so that he doesn't actually catch up with him that I've seen in wrestling in a while. It was fantastic. He is a great, I I call him the Kevin James of wrestling because of his hair, but he is actually has very good mid card comedic heel timing. And I think he's, I think he's fantastic as a personality. Now let me get to the factory. This Nick Camarado gimmick is is bad and i know i've seen a lot of people praising it but here's why it's actually bad tony khan has gotten to i understand the joke of uh cole whatever they've renamed uh the former two dimes being you know the stupidity of that story on nxt and being killed you don't want to bring attention to that by then making nick camarado tony d'angelo which is what they've done here. Lollipop and all. He is the, he is a walking commentary on NXT. And NXT isn't your 
isn't your competition. Your competition's raw now. Okay, Mr. I'm number one on cable. Yeah, I, I, and, and, and the two million people who watch Raw, I, I got to be honest with you. I If 600,000 of them know who Tony D'Angelo is. I'll be surprised. I would be surprised. No, yeah, earnestly. There are ways to take shots at your company, and I don't mind it. And, and this is where I think Joe Lanza and I strongly disagree, that he loves all the shots on TV. I think there's ways to do the shots where you stay in this world and you prop up your product. More like when the horsemen would always like talk about the big muscle guys or whatever running out of breath because they were too busy pumping weights and stuff, as opposed to you know going over wrestling strategy and stuff like that. When they were talking about you know, we, you know, we don't have fancy costumes and, and things like that, you know, the veiled shots, the okay shots. I'm fine I mean, even that. Robert Stone, I think, is actually a nice little veiled shot where it's not like. He apes every single mannerism. This of, is Tony Khan right now. Right, right. Like Tony Khan calls him or has the video package where they call him a visionary. And then the next week, Robert Stone is on TV calling himself a vision. Like, like it's not that referential. It's not a one-to-one apples-to-apples thing. And this is almost a direct, we've plucked the Tony D'Angelo character and put it in the AEW universe. We, I, I mean, uh, which is like, Hilarious. I like the because he's a monster. I like, you know, right. He's, he's like a monster Haas heel. Um, and like the D'Angelo character, the general consensus is the D'Angelo character kind of sucks. Like, like people, some people like it, like ironically, but like he, he is like, just like, I may push back on that because I think he does a good job of this character, even though the character, no, the character itself sucks. Yeah. I'm not saying Tony D'Angelo, the performer sucks. I actually think he's pretty decent. Um, like, and I would be interested to see what this guy could do in something less tropey. Um, he's good in the ring too. I, I think like, like there's a bunch of stuff that's really solid with him, but, uh, I, I mean, I just, it's not a good heel character in this. Like, okay, if you put away the offensiveness, it's not a good heel character in the sense that, like, people kind of like this character. And when he comes out, everyone cheers him. He doesn't get this nuclear booing ever. Right. Um, his music is not, if not hummable, it's it's not like, a, it, you know, his music's like, you know, standard generic Italian music that's kind of, like, catchy and sort of upbeat. Um, his, he's smiling and he's gesturing to the crowd. He's not like, I hate all of you. He's actually quite as a character, quite a bad heel because the only times that he's ever really dastardly are off screen. And the main person he's been antagonizing for months now is Santos Escobar, who was effectively a heel, although like, again, sort of like a ineffective, ineffective heel in the sense that people like the legatos. Um, he was effectively a heel, like, like, you know, so it, it, I just, there are I a have, lot of things. So like, what, why would you want to import that into AEW yeah. is yeah, sort I of agree. like, the, is, is my circle back on all of this. I, I just, if you were going to grift a character from WWE and bring it in, um, like, I mean, obviously this doesn't make any sense now, but like hit row, like doing a knockoff of hit row and repairing that swerve would make infinitely more sense than spoofing Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. I have fears for Legato del Fantasma because I think, I think Escobar loses and goes to the main roster, but I think they probably upgrade his, his sidekicks to being possibly Garza and, uh, and dimples because we haven't seen them in a long time. I, I have my fears of uh, what happens with uh, 
with our with our guys Raul Mendoza and uh, and uh, <laughs> I forgot his three letter name. What what what's the DJ's former name? Oh DJ Z, but well, yeah. what, who is he now? He's uh, Wacky Joaquin uh, Wild. I, I want to call I want to call him Wacky and Wild. Although I wouldn't mind that being a five person stable. Cause I right, think- I was just thinking. I'm like I don't in my head. I guess I don't necessarily see a problem with legato as these like five i mean like although you I, know what my problem is it's, it's you know who they're directly going to be fighting next the mysterious the mysterious oh uh, you, you, uh i i i mean like <laughs> probably but honestly probably just ray because it looks like the dominic going heel thing is still probably is still out there <laughs> I, I i when ria brought out dominic i'm like is are we i i Look, I have my doubts about presentation, but I I just don't actually think they're going to keep trying to sell this. Um, Dominic is actually consistently getting his ass beaten by Rhea Ripley. I, 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 no, no, I, I think if anything, they're going to be an item at the end of this. <laughs> like an evil couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think he's joining Judgment Day. Is it my go or your go? I think it's your go. Okay. I am gonna my last note because I've gotten to most everything on my my rundown. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm I gonna go into okay. You can and I'll expound on things I forgot because it's one of those things where I didn't want to go through. I've already been through dynamite segment by segment, so I only want to do the hot takes and then. You yeah, I don't know. I want to seg by seg NXT, but there are a lot of things that I think are okay. interesting on okay. on well, the uh, Technicolor me, vomit. Let me get uh, this last one in. Uh, because I've already clowned on the Bucks segment enough. That was just I. I'll, I'll get to the Bucks. We let's earmark the Bucks segment because because we should talk about that a little bit because it was important for the uh, for both the trios title and for the, possibly this uh, next pay per view card. But uh, want to give some love to a show that people don't watch it often. That's main event. T Bar, the former Donovan Dijakovic. I was going to say Dominic Dodjakovic, but I forgot what they made his last first name again. But him and Al- and Ali, Mustafa Ali, killed it on that show. They let them go out there and have a wrestling match, like an indie-style wrestling match. And it was it, – it got over. He won with, I think, a uh, top-rope Canadian destroyer <laughs> on the big guy. Look, if Triple H can bring back more wrestling to my wrestling, I'm good with that. Promos and wrestling. That's all I really want, Chris. But this match was pretty damn good. I know. I, I quietly would I love to see main event. No, I, I would love to see main event get back to where it was 10 years ago, where it was sneaky, actually a good hour of television yeah. to watch. Um, just a and, and solid hour with three. De- or two guy, or three people, people just trying to get a little bit of spotlight and, uh-huh. and, and actually having matches that are formatted. They're actually kind of perfect for where they sit too when you see this show live, where it's like early, it's just kind of warm up the crowd. You have like three guys who aren't going to probably work again this week, or, you know, six guys who aren't going to work again this week. And then you just go out there and have some burner matches. Yeah. Um, that, that can get people jazzed up and excited to see some wrestling tonight. And like, no, and then, like, t- and then take the guys who are weak on promos and have them do some promos on this show. Yeah, right. This is this is a great opportunity. This is the stepping stone to me between NXT and yes. the main roster that the company has not actually been fully utilizing. Um, once someone is ready to move on from NXT, I mean, I know they put them on main events sometimes. I know, I know it's not always like this, Chris. Like they actually do it sometimes. But like, I also, <laughs> I, no, I also know that they don't use it as a steady, they have not been using main event 
as well as they have been in the past. And like, I think that there's a real interesting opportunity to turn this back into a sleeper show again. I'd love to see that happen. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm going to skip Nikita Lyons and Keanu James and just say that like, <laughs> not impressed yet. <laughs> not, not impressed yet. Um, with which one? Both. Okay. <laughs> both. Uh, Roderick Strong, um, Apollo Cruz, and the Diamond Mine stuff, dude. Like, I actually think that this has been a real, in, it's been a real great opportunity for the Creeds to sort of spread themselves out as characters. Yep. Uh, like, like I Julius, Julius continues to get more and more interesting, and like he's just this interesting multi-layered character who's like thoughtful, cares about training. Like, like I, I don't know. Like, I, I really like where they're ending up with Julius and Br- I mean, Brutus is cool too. He just, he doesn't say nearly as much. Julius is like the mouthpiece for the two of them. Um, but it's and also rebuilt Apollo really well too. I think it has, right. He's like, Apollo is really interesting. I don't know if the flash of violence in his eye or whatever yeah. thing where I thought that was a little weird. Oh, and I like that, that was a little, that was a little like Lucha underground for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it's, it's just not what this world is. Um, Okay, I loved Audrey Chase and T- <laughs> Tia. Uh, Tr- like, like, oh my god! Like, she's really funny. He's really funny. Like, all of this was very good. When you had told me, and I've said this on the show before, that uh, I believe that's Harlem, the former Harlem Bravado, was signed by NXT, <laughs> and I went, eh, you know, I had seen him in Evolve. I'm like oh, the Bravado Brothers. I'm just okay. They're okay. They're kind of decent you know, prelim dude type things. They have a little bit of character to them. Andre Chase has outkicked his coverage. He has gotten over with this crowd, even if it's in an ironic way with this whole <laughs> swearing, intermittent swearing gimmick. Yes. It, no, it's great. Like, like he, he, the veneer of being a teacher, like only lasts for so long and then yes. he loses. His, I, I mean, I, part of this has an appeal to me as a teacher too. Like, like it's just, it's like funny to, you know, watch someone do the job badly. It's a fantastic uh, bit. No, it's, it it's, it's really good. And I mean, the other thing though, I think that's great is that like, essentially these people, all these people who get to work with Andre Chase, these younger talents are getting to go to like a, a form of school, so to speak. Like they, they're, like they're getting comedy chops. Like the chase you think is a really great opportunity for, uh, uh, Bodie, Bodie uh, is a perfectly Bodie's, fine. Bodie's awesome. And like, yeah, Bodie yeah. And, and Tia are actually perfect. Yes. Like, yes. Baby face comedy character types. Um, and like they, they play off of chase. Great. And like, no, I, I, I mean, this is, this is an act that continues to get stronger. And that like, I, I just think like, I don't think this, it gets over on the main roster. That's no, I don't think thing. it gets made over on the main. I don't know that it's destined to the main roster anytime soon though. I think it's okay. still probably going to be here in NXT for a minute. And I think that'll be good. Cause it's I think fine in, in this new era, I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, is Carmelo Hayes a baby face or a heel? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's the answer. Um, I, I thought the Giovanni Vinci thing was so strange right after the Wesley and Trick Williams thing. Yeah. Like, like to basically kind of have those back to back where like, I, I mean, I, I don't, who am I excited? I mean, I guess theoretically I'm excited it's to see almost Vinci. almost in line with the real Allen Iverson since they're using that as a backdrop because 
He was a heel to a lot of people. He was a face to a lot of people. But in this case, they have, I mean, okay. I think if you're going to do that though, like, and I'm with you, like I, I like the I, Allen Iverson thing for sure. And I, I think that's a great persona to port onto a wrestler for sure. Um, Like I'm glad to finally, like I, I actually think it's overdue. So it's, it's dope to see this happening. I guess you could say that happened a little bit with MVP. Um, But you just had him do an objectively heel thing yes, in the yes. previous match, loading up Trick Williams' glove. Yes, and, and that rounds match was garbage. <laughs> oh, right. I, it made, frankly, it made a farce out of the Heritage Cup, yeah. which I think was the real problem. It's like, you're like talking about Mark Coffey coming over here as the Heritage, you know, Cup champion. I, I mean, it was Trick Williams going to go into his match with Mark Coffey like that? And if he if he does do that, I hope Mark Coffey just beats the crap out of him and beats him <laughs> in one round. No, like, I, I, because uh, I, I mean, I think it's actually important to establish that. Uh, let me go, okay, so let me go into the thing I just earmarked here, and this will finally be my last thing. This Bucks Hangman Page segment. <laughs> the after-school special, the Bucks finally... Say, hey, do you want to go to the prom with me? And Paige says, no, I can't because I want to see, I want to see my friends have dates and stuff. <laughs> Let me ask you this because the, there were, there were talks of, hey, I mean, are they purposely doing this ironic bad? Yes. Because I, stuff? I don't think it's for the comedy stuff. I think it, it, the the arc here is that they are actually heels. And so okay. when they're... That's the point I was going to get to. But since it's been brought up now, let's talk about this. Because they were just turned on by the undisputed... Uh, right. Uh, that's... that's the, Like, I, I just... When these guys are getting together and thinking about their storylines, I just want them okay. to remember what they did last week. It's not me then, because yes. when, when they went out, when they did this, and it felt heartfelt at first and stuff, and then when Cutler goes, hey, well, maybe I can be your right. partner. They, they, they clearly had the moral sure. reversion. Yeah, they, they just... they just, Immediate. Yeah, they immediately went back to being jerks to him. And that's and I know it was the comedy button that on the sketch, and I get that. So I didn't thought, see it merely as that. Though. I didn't uh, either. I saw yeah. it as them being disingenuous. Yes. To Page and the Dark Order, and the, <laughs> well, I, it, it, it's more than that, right? Because Page literally was like basically saying right at the end of this, "Well, how about Brandon? Why, like, why wouldn't you go with the guy who's never turned his back on you?" And that's yes. Brandon. Yeah, and Brandon's like, "That's me." And then you you see the Bucks mannerisms change back to a heel mannerism it, it was more than just shut up brandon as a comedy button right like they've been they always say that no matter what um but like because they could have said shut up brandon but in a tone that suggested yeah we're gonna make you our tag team partner yes we know that brandon. i think they might i think they're no i think they, i think they i think they do that anyways they're um, teasing the hell out of kenny but i think they lose in the first round possibly yes right okay uh, yeah, but no, I I mean I I thought that this was weak yet again. Um Adam Page emo theater is just not doing it for me. Worse emo theater, Mysterio or Page? 
Paige is not even fun for me. Like, okay. Like, like okay, our, um, Mysterio is worse objectively. Like, if yes. we're talking about like who is the worst who is the worst actor? Like, not even close. Like Ray, all time living legend, one of the all time bad promos. Ed yeah. Wood Hall of Fame. Yeah, Ed, yeah, like, like yes, right. You, he really would be amazing in Ed Dominic, Wood my son, who I've known for twenty plus years. I remember when you were a little boy, son. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? We can end on, on the main event. Um, I I liked, I mean, the match other than the, the, the lion, not the lion tamer, but the uh, the walls was fine. But the here, here's another thing that they did that's, that's so derivative. And I thought it hurt the Moxley character in a way. The Hogan Rock looking to the audience spot when Punk came in to end the show, why didn't Moxley just punch him in the face or pie face him? And he would have been so over for doing that. As opposed to the Rock Hogan stare at one side, stare at the other. Oh, we're going to have a fight type. Moxley doesn't like anybody. Just have him punch him. Right. Especially after going like, this is the FYI title or whatever. Yeah, I just, I just. No, I, I think, I mean, Moxley should really, uh, in the wake of that match, having just survived four and a half minutes in the Lion Tamer, um, should be really high on his own BS and basically like see Punk and just be like, screw you. And well, he was him. high on his BS. He went out there and was like, 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 oh yeah, with, with his boy Cesaro, you know, kind of like Cobra Kai smacking, you know, the hand. Yeah, you know, no, I, 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 after flipping him the bird, but I mean, yeah. he should have just popped Punk. Just it's, pop it's Punk. Like, yeah. Just pop him. Yeah, yeah like, like pop him. You know, like, oh God, there, there he is, the paper champion. I got like, nothing else on my list. You got anything? Um. Sangha continues to be interesting. That's that's Sangha. <laughs> yeah, Sangha's great. I just don't know. It's this is a weird usage of him, but like I I I continue to be like going like this guy's a decent little character actor. Like yeah, he's, he's got personality. He has, he has very good timing. Right? Yeah, he's and got very good... good and very good delivery of his lines. That's the thing that's getting him through this is he has very good just he has the right emotion for the line at every point. Yeah, it, it, he he's he's just intriguing because I like I, I don't know where he's at in the ring at this exact moment. Um, but if if he's starting to figure that piece out and like it, he's just interesting. He's an interesting character. I, I I'm interested. I like the thing about WWE for me right now really is that with the old man gone and, and no longer being the main shot caller in Raw, there really is an opportunity for a number of these people to break out. Uh, I mean even promos some of them are still like a little overscripted or whatever but you are starting to see some of these promos with like more veteran performers being trusted to be a little bit looser and a little bit more bullet pointy yeah they're a little looser they're not totally loose. not totally loose, but like like even just the edict of like yeah you're allowed to react to the crowd don't just bulldoze like yeah don't just like if the crowd is like going one way you don't actually have to just completely bulldoze past them um like it, you, you are seeing those little notes so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how some of these people uh, take advantage of this opportunity. Yep. We'll end it there. He's Chris Novembrino. You can follow him on Twitter at DWATG. My name is Jeff Hawkins. You can follow me at Twitter at CrapGame13. You can just follow the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. When the episode drops, it tweets. That's how it works. We're part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Shows for every kind of wrestling fandom there, including the flagship with Rich and Joe. Five-star match game with Joe Gagne, music of the mat with our friend Andrew Rich, and more. Check us out over there at voicesofwrestling.com. 
join the Voices of Wrestling Discord server. I'm in there when people give me feedback for the show, talking, defending my points of view, defending Chris, even uh, asking what the heck Hatchet is because I have no clue. Uh, Chris also does has a Patreon of his own called Don't Worry About the Government. He's going to tell you about it now. Yeah, patreon.com slash GWATG. You can check out the latest episode, Don't Worry About the Government, which dropped this week. Uh, Want to hear about my thoughts on Donald Trump having Mar-a-Lago raided by the FBI? That's the place to go and check it out. It will be out on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify here later on this weekend. If you are in the Dallas area and you want to see your boy Novi play a little bass this week, um, come on down to Eight Ears Saloon on Sunday night, 10 to 1. I will be on bass with the great William Dunnell. You can follow my antics musically at Instagram.com slash doctor underscore nov d-o-c-t-o-r underscore n-o-v i can spell uh so those are all the places don't worry about the government at d-w-a-t-g patreon.com slash d-w-a-t-g dr nov on instagram dr underscore nov and at eight airs sunday night 10 p.m central time be there or bl7 I'll get one quick plug to top you. Uh, I'm on Fight Game Media every Wednesday doing the Dynamite Show with Paul Fontaine, five bucks a month. A lot of more stateside type of wrestling on Fight Game Media, but that's at patreon.com slash fightgamemedia. I'm in pain. L7. So, L7. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.